0: Hi there, guys, and welcome back to the Top Forties podcast. Um, second episode of the third series. Again, we're actually keeping it fairly consistent this time. Uh, I'm joined by a new co-host actually today, um, Corey Cook. Basically, he's paying me hundred grand to come on. So, uh,
1: got way. Around. I had to
0: say yes to him. Um, yeah, so I had to say yes. But um, how are you doing, Corey? Good.
1: Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for having me.
0: That's no, all right, mate. It's a uh, nice, nice money in the back pocket anyway. But um, on to today's topic. Uh, what we're going to be discussing is um, obviously the England squad's going to be out on Thursday, so we we're going to pick our 26 man squads. Um, we've both made separate lists. We don't know our our lists yet, and so we'll read it out. Obviously, position by position, debate it, and then we'll try and get a, a joint squad out, and then probably discuss. What's gonna happen in Qatar? Because I mean, I don't know about you, Corey, but it's it's so close to the World Cup, and yet I've still not got that buzz really yet. I don't know why.
1: No, it's a bit of a weird one, isn't it? But I think it's because we've still got like another weekend of football, haven't we? and and maybe when the squad comes out as well, it might start feeling a bit real now. Yeah, then. But it still feels a bit like weird. It still feels like a bit like it's not gonna happen. You know, what I mean, like even though it is gonna happen, but it still doesn't feel like you know, in the, when it's in the summer World Cups, you have what two months of build up after the end of the season and you know everyone's buzzing for it but it does feel different but i think once it gets going i think we'll all enjoy it as we normally do anyway
0: yeah i mean a world cup's a world cup isn't it but um it just depends i think you're right there like just the fact that it's sort of the league f- football's still on and things like that um but yeah without further ado we'll get into our squad so I mean, the first position's fairly simple, isn't it? Goalkeepers. I think you'd be an idiot not to have the same three keepers. Um, so, do you I want to say what you want?
1: Um, I've gone for obviously Pickford, Ramsdale, and Pope.
0: Yeah, as have I. Um, why have you gone for them?
1: Um, I think they're just pretty self think You know, it's it's probably a position we're not blessed with um, with talent. I think. I think possibly it could be, even though I know he's still relatively young. I still I think it could be the last kind of tournament that Pitford's maybe number one. I do see Ramsdale overtaking him um, before Euro twenty twenty four. But I I, you know in terms of starting eleven, I don't know about you, but I I'd still go with Pitford as as number one of that three, and then Ramsdale, and then probably Pope. Which to be fair is it's not not a bad position to be in because obviously you know Ramsdale and Pope have have been really good for their clubs and. Pickford's always always impressed for England, so and he's had a good season for Everton as well. So, yeah, that'd be that'd be the kind of order I'd have those three. And I don't know, I don't know about you.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. To be fair, it'd be nice if I did disagree, but um, I think for me, Ramsdale's probably got more of a ceiling as a keeper. But I think Pickford's criminally underrated. I think if he was at Arsenal right now um, and Ramsdale was at Everton, I think you'd probably see. Um, you'd probably see Pickford probably doing just as good, if not better. And I think Ramsdale would potentially make a few more mistakes. And that's not criticising Ramsdale. I think he's a very talented keeper. But And then obviously mentioning Nick Pope, I just think his distribution at times lets him down. Um, and right. the way that Southgate wants to play, you've got to have a keeper that's really confident with the ball at his feet. And that, that's why I'd go for Pickford for me. You yeah, know, always All use three of them. <laughs>
1: I always kind of use the same the same analogy. Really. The the um, if you look at I, th- I remember a game. I think it was just after the World Cup 2018 um, when we played. We played Spain in Spain, beat them, like blew them away three and up half time. And I remember there was a goal in that game that came from directly from Pitford, long ball down the pitch, and you know pace, power. I think that's what we're looking. To, that's probably what we're looking to. Do. I think distribution does have a massive part to play, but at the end of the day. I can never I can't remember Pitford making a mistake for England or, or really putting a foot wrong, especially in tournaments. So I don't think there's much. Um I don't think there's much justification not to have him as your number one going into this tournament.
0: Um right then. So let's move on to defenders now. I think what we should do here is I mean, I don't know how many centre backs you I think we've picked nine defenders, haven't we? I think probably go well to pick three at a time.
1: Or ten. I've got I've got ten. I think we've got ten. <laughs>
0: So I go one, two, three, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, you're right. I can't count. But um, yeah. So I think maybe go three or four at a time because I think if you name all ten, we'll we'll forget a few. Um, I think you could probably start with maybe your bankers, the ones that you think are definitely on the plane that we'll probably both have in there. So for me, those those ones for me that I think are not up for debate. Um. And obviously taking into account the fact that Rhys James is injured um, and Carl Walker's still to come back from injury, but it looks like Walker will 100% be fit. I think Rhys James is about 50-50. Yeah. Um, but taking that into account, the ones that I think are a million percent on the plane, um, for me anyway, I've gone John Stones. I think Carl Walker's definitely there. I think Ben White's definitely there. And I think Luke Shaw's definitely there. That's my four that I think i would put a million quid on all them making the squad, obviously, if Walker's fit.
1: Yeah, see, I'd, go, I'd probably, I've, I've, all of those that you've mentioned, I've got in my squad. But in terms of probably Stonewallers, I think you'd, you'd have to put, you know, irrelevant of form, you'd have to put Maguire in there because I think he's definitely going to go. Um, so I'd probably go, I'd probably go Maguire, Walker, Stones, and, um, and short. As the four that I think will definitely go. That's not necessarily my back four. In fact, that's that's not my back four. But I think those are four. If if we're picking four out, I think those are four that you you'd probably say are definite.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I think I've as I say, I'm not a Man United fan, and I I can see that Maguire has had some really poor performances for United. But again, bar the Germany game where he, he probably did have a a poorish game and when we drew three each. I've not seen him really have a bad game for England. And I think his experience in tournaments, you know, he's been to, what, two major tournaments already. He's got a good relationship with Stones and Walker in that back three, if that's what we play. So, yeah, he's there for me. Um, the only reason I didn't say he was a definite is because I can see why there's a debate for Maguire. I can see why people say, listen, he's terrible. Why are you taking him?
1: Yeah, no, yeah, no, definitely. There's, There's obviously that there's obviously that point of view and and people are right. He's and at the end of the day, even looking at the difference between now and last season, last season, he didn't have a great season, but at least he was playing every week. Now he's kind of struggling. He's kind of in and out of the United team as captain, but I do agree with you in terms of, I think, you know, I think he's hardly, if ever really put a foot wrong for England and especially in tournaments, you look at, he's had two tournaments and he's been, he's been brilliant with stones in both of those in the world cup and, uh, and the euros as well. So, um, yeah, I think he he goes for me, and I I need get in my he'd be in my starting eleven as well uh, for fully around Um. So, what do you w- want to go for? The, just just kind of name the other five then. Uh, the other six out of that. that we've, we've got
0: five there, haven't we? Um, because I think you said you've got Ben White in your squad. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So the five I've got between us at the moment would be, um, Maguire, Walker, Shaw. Um stones and white so we've got five more to get in um obviously most yeah. of them most of them are, will be uh will be full backs um possibly I've, well i i think i've got two two more centre halves and three full backs i don't know about you
0: yeah i think i've got um yeah a couple more centre halves and then the rest fullbacks. backs so yeah. Um, I think I've missed out someone that, again, will probably be on the plane. And so I'll say him is Kieran Trippier. I think he's definitely going to be there. Um, again, without doubt, his form for Newcastle this season has been excellent. I think the injuries to Ben Chilwell and Rhys James has meant that, you know, he's he's guaranteed to be there because he, he's played left wing back and left back for England before. Yeah. Um, so he's versatile on both sides. Um, and I think he's a very good player. I mean... Again, dead ball situations is something that's so underrated in my opinion, especially international football when the games can be decided on moments of quality. Um, yeah. He's got that quality, and that we'll
1: in the we we relied quite heavily on his on his set pieces. Not even just it. Obviously, you know everyone remembers the free kick, but even his corners. I remember, and you know, I think I think four out of our first five goals of the tournament came from corners. So. You are right. Um, I think his set pieces are massive, um, and and will be will be really important. Um, so yeah, I think we're probably both agreed that he gets in as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. He's he was one of the first names really for me. Um, and again, I think with the especially for my squad, I think with the other fullbacks that I've picked, I think his defensive stability adds a little bit more um, because he's obviously a little bit. Um, more solid defensively than the other two without without giving them away.
1: Yeah. Well, go ahead. Go on. What's your other 2 fullbacks?
0: Well, the first one's Trent Alexander-Arnold. And I think for me, there has again been a lot of debate, a lot of scrutiny on his defending. Um, I saw Sam Allardyce said something like he's never been taught how to defend, which I think is a little bit harsh because... Yeah. He's not, he's actually had a few half decent games defensively, like um, in the past, especially like a couple of years ago, but also this season, you know, I thought he was all right against Spurs. They targeted him a lot. um, And he seems like he, it's just those little lapses in concentration that a lot of people worry about. And in in a big game, you know, if you switch off at the back post, we saw it in the Champions League final, Liverpool absolutely dominate the game and he switches off at the back post and Real punish them and, you know, that can easily be us going home. Um, But I think you've just got to look at all the positives he has. I think when I thought about it, I thought, I looked at it sort of like the pros and cons and I thought, you know, yes, defensively, he can switch off. One-on-one defensively, he's not great, but he's not terrible. You know, I think it is difficult when you're playing one-on-one nowadays because you can't really get physical and tight. And, you know, all fullbacks have been skinned before. Um And I just think going forward, he adds that real quality. And he's never really been allowed to show that for England, which is a frustration. But he's definitely someone that you've got to have in your squad, even if it's someone to bring off the bench if you need a goal and you need to throw forward. Because, you know, he can put a ball in on Harry Kane's head from 45 yards and all of a sudden that's a goal out of nothing. And I don't think there's many players, other players in the squad that can do that really, and I think it's definitely something that we should be taking with
1: us. Yeah, um, yeah, he goes for me as well, and um, I think he will. Um, I don't think the conversation really now is there was a lot of conversation before the Euros, will he, won't he go? I don't think that conversation is needed now. I think he will go. I think the more conversation will be, will he start? Um, and I don't think he will. Um, but I take him, I think I agree with everything you've said there. I, think, I actually think People criticising him defensively are probably a bit, little bit naive. I think a, to just say he's he can't defend is such a big statement to make. I think there's elements of his defensive game that, don't get me wrong, the lapses of con- concentration, as you've said, are, you know, they are, they are really kind of vital, and especially in knockout games, as you've mentioned. Um, I think he'd be more likely to play as a wing-back if we played a back three than in a four. Um, it's obviously really, you know, at the, the end of the day, you look at the difference between England and Liverpool is that he's got Van Dyke to cover him. He's got Kanate that can cover him. He's got players with pace that can cover him in terms of, you know, at times he's out of position. Um, even I look at the likes of um, Henderson, who was vital in the season that Liverpool won the league. If you look at the amount, he pretty much played as, as a right back, really, for the season. Trent would go forward, he'd sit in for him. Um, we didn't really have that. That well, obviously Henderson can be in the squad, but he won't play. Um, you know. So what I'm trying to say is he's he's probably not as well covered for England that we probably can't afford to cover him as much as Liverpool can. Um, but I'd take him. I'd take him for his set pieces. Um, I'd take him for his dead balls. Uh, his uh, dead ball from free uh, free kicks from corners. I'd take him for his o- open play crossing uh, the balls in behind. We've got a lot of pace going forward, um, depending on who goes, who starts. But we've got a lot of pace. We've got Kane makes good runs, so really, I don't see why anyone wouldn't have him um, in the squad. Uh, but yeah, for me, he wouldn't play, he wouldn't start. Uh, but he definitely play is a big part, and um, especially in the latter rounds, if we do make it, and you know, it's an odd goal that makes a difference in those uh, in those scenarios. Uh, he's definitely a good option to have going forward, more than going than defensively. But he, he, in the same breath, he doesn't worry me that much defensively. I think people make a bigger deal out of it than he is. He's not great defensively, but he's not horrendous. It's the lapses of con- concentration rather than you know one on one. He's quite good. He's quite good in the air, but I just think positionally at times he, he, he can be found out. Um, so so yeah, he goes for me as well. So I think we can put in as another one that we that we kind of agree on
0: yeah i mean we were supposed to be disagreeing on a fair few but um we've agreed on every player so far but um onto a few that i might maybe you disagree with me here because um obviously Reese james hasn't been in, named yet and he's actually not in my squad i've gone for um james justin as a, as the other fullback option which if if Reece james was fully fit i'm taking Reese james but We've done it in the past. You know, I I guess it sort of worked to an extent at the Euros. I think it was, was it Maguire and I want to say Henderson weren't both fit and they both went and obviously Maguire played a big part, Henderson more of a bit part role. Um, But I think for me, when, when you're playing fullback, when you've got that many options at right back with, say, Trippier, Trent, Walker, all three of them can play right back. I think you need to take someone that can cover on that left side um, because, yes, Luke Shaw is he's been decent this year. He's not pulled up any trees, but he's not been bad, and he certainly goes for me, and he's probably starts that first game. But um, obviously with Ben Chilwell injury that's ruled him out, you need someone that's natural on the left side that can cover. Um, I know Trippier can do that, but I just think that... Um, you know he's a very talented player, Justin. He suits the way we play. Energetic, good defensively, very good one-on-one defender, big, strong boy. And I just think maybe he might not get a minute, but it's a good experience for him. And I do, I really do see him as a talented player going forward and someone that can step in for England. You know when when Shaw and Chilwell aren't there, um, and that's why I'm going for uh, for James Justin.
1: Yeah, I've I mean I've gone with I have gone with Reese James. Um, in mind, purely because I think, for actually, for similar reasons, you've gone for Justin, really, but kind of opposite, if you know what I mean. Like the reason I'm taking James is because I think we can afford to take someone who's not fully fit in that position, because we've got so many options. You know, we could if if they say he's not going to be fit for the first two games, we've got Trippier, we've got Trent, we've got Walker that can play there. Um, anyway, so. I think the fact that we have so many options that can play ahead of him. And the the thing in James as well, uh, he can play in a back three, you know, he could push into midfield if needed. He's played there. I mean, I I'm obviously, you know, I've not said on here, but I'm obviously I'm a Bristol City fan. And I watched him for Wigan uh, a couple of years ago, uh, when he played center mid for them and he was the best player on the pitch by an absolute mile as an 18-year-old. So, you know, you can play in there. Uh, I just think he's, I think he's versatile. Um, I think that he'd be valuable to have around James. Um, and, you know, you've said about Justin, it'd be good experience for him. I think James is still young, a young lad. I think it'd be good, a more good experience for him to go to a World Cup. Um, but, you know, if, if they say he's not going to be fit to the quarterfinals, then it, then it's a different story. Then, I, then if anything, I think I'd, I'd probably, I'd probably take Tyreek Mitchell from Palace as my, uh, other fullback I think he's he, he was in one of the squads in the last year I think he got in um, he's always quite impressed me he's quite quick quite uh, quite good defensively half decent going forward um, and I think as you've said I think well the thing I disagree with you most about it really is is sure I think he's had a part, bar, bar in the first two games I think he's had a really really good season really strong since Malassia's come in at United um, so I think he's I think you you know You've already kind of said it. I think Shaw's going to be the starting left-back. Um, I think Trippier covers that position well, but I do think Trippier probably starts on the right, um, given the fact that Walker and James, if he goes both aren't fully fit, or if they are fit, haven't played many minutes recently. Uh, and given Trippier's form as well, he probably deserves to get in. Um, but I do think with the amount of full-backs, uh, right-backs, we're blessed with them having Trippier that can play on the left kind of covers that position. So essentially, yeah, I'd take James. Um, but in terms of our joint squad, I don't know if... But the, We've really got three names now. I've obviously mentioned Mitchell as well. I'm not against Justin. I don't mind Justin as a player. I think he's decent. I think at the end of the day, this player, what we're, talk, what we're talking about now, whoever it could be, whether it's Mitchell, Justin or James, realistically, they aren't going to get many minutes. So... Unless there's an injury um so really you're probably looking at more experience and looking towards the future, so if anything now now we've talked more about it i think i- would probably look in towards mitchell more than more than the other two just because I rate him quite highly as someone who can go on and be uh be be quite a a, a, a good player for England in the in the future
0: yeah um having not included james to be fair, what you said there i if we're picking a combined, I'd probably put him in because I think to myself, if you look at the other fullback that is could be at most at risk to an injury, it, it would be Carl Walker because you know maybe he's been rushed back and things like that. Um, and if you're probably picking, you you probably want to be picking then as a backup a similar player to him. Um, and I think James does fit that bill, you know, he's quick, he's strong, could probably play in a back three, um, on the right hand side of a back three. So I think when you compare it to, for example, Mitchell, there's no way you could see Mitchell playing in a back three. You know, he's quite small, um, good player. I think he's a good player, but I don't think I'd take him just because I think realistically, if Walker does get injured, you're probably wanting someone like James or maybe Justin. Um, but I, I honestly wouldn't be forced either way. I'm not going to kick up a fuss if, if James is, is there. And I think if we're saying that James is fit, say, after the first game or the second game, I, I would 100% take him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Let's let's do that then. Let's, let's chuck James in. So, yeah, let's
0: chuck James in. But, um, so I've got
1: two more centre-backs. I got 2 more two more center backs i do not know what you've got. I've got two more centre-backs. Yeah,
0: I've got two more centre-backs, yeah. Right,
1: okay. you go first. Then.
0: All right. So, um, I think this one's one that's probably biased because I like him as a bloke. I think he's a good leader. Um... Again, he's played for England probably 10, 15 times, I'd guess. Um, technically, probably not a brilliant, brilliant defender. But I think for me, when you go into a World Cup, especially the players that aren't going to play as much, because I don't think this bloke will play if everyone's fit. You want good characters. You don't want players that are going to spit their dummy out if they're, they're not playing. Um, and that's why I've gone for Connor Cody as one of them, because I think to myself, he's limited in some ways, you know, he's quite slow. Let's be honest; he he's not physically a monster like someone like that. I've left out like Mings. I've left him out um, because I just think he's liability. But I think Cody's safe as a defender. And when you're a backup centre half, you want someone that's going to come in, you know, that can come in, do a job, and not give anything away. Um, and that, I think that Cody he's a leader. You know, he's I don't know if he's the captain at Everton, but he's been the captain at Wolves. Um, and he's a leader in the dressing room, as I've said about four times, but he's going to be that one that's in the changing rooms, buzzing for the lads, even if he doesn't get a minute. And I think you need people like that at the World Cup. You know, you look at our last two tournaments, we've built success with Southgate under one of the main things has been good team morale and, you know, getting people behind each other. And I think if you're getting someone that's there that's not going to be happy because he's on the bench to Harry Maguire or he's on the bench to Stones or he thinks he's better. It's good to have that healthy competition, but if that's, you know, getting into the dressing room and affecting the way the players are, then I think that you don't want that. And And that's why I've gone for Cody in there. Um, and then my other one's uh, for Tomori which, again, is someone that he is much more of a physical beast. I think, for me, Tomori's still incredibly raw. Like, he got a lot of rave reviews from... Milan, Um, and I'm not an avid watcher of Italian football, so I can't say that he's been poor this season or whatever, but I can say that in the the games I've watched him play, I think he does have a mistake in him, and he is quite rash, especially mentally, he tends to switch off quite a lot. He he reminds me, obviously, he's a centre-half, but he does remind me of Trent Alexander-Arnold slightly, because you can see the talents there, but the lapses in concentration... And sort of like a rush of blood to the head that he gets can uh you know they can affect us and that's why I'm not million percent confident about having him I wouldn't start him for example I wouldn't start him at all but I think he's got too much ability to be to be left at home and so that's why that's my two center halfs
1: yeah so I've gone with um I've gone with Cody as well um, I think it's spot on uh, I was having this conversation with the mate the other day the fact that this time there's even more people in the squad. You know, there's an extended squad, so you've got a 26-man squad. Realistically, the starting 11 in the first game isn't really going to be deviated from a lot um, throughout the tournament. Last year, there was minimal changes to that first starting 11 um, against Croatia. Um, so, ascend- and then you know you've got that starting 11, and then you've got five, maybe six players that will get regular minutes off the bench or might step into the starting 11. Stuff like that. So essentially the way I look at it is you've got 16, 17 players who are going to be playing good minutes. And then you've got 9, 10 that are going to be there for morale. They're going to be there as backups. And even, you know, I look at Cody and I think, you know, we've got Ben White in uh, as well. We've got Stings. We've got Maguire, another centre-half. I'm not going to say my other one is yet. I'll go on to that in a minute. But he's essentially, he's going to be fourth fifth choice so even if Maguire gets injured he's not necessarily going to be that that one to step in anyway so I think you're right I think you need good people around I, I think I saw an interview with Jordan Henderson after the Euros last year he's in a similar situation himself Henderson really to Cody um, I think he's obviously brilliant to have around the place you see you know England's media team to be fair, are really really good you get a good insight into, um, into what the players are like and I think you can see in that 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 Cody is really good to be around. He's he's good with the young lads. He's been brilliant at Everton. If anything, you know, he's yeah, if anything, he's unlucky to to not be uh to not be you know further up that pecking order, really, because he's been really good for Everton. Um so yeah, Cody gets in for me um for for morale reasons. I think he keeps everyone happy. And then my second one, I was torn between uh Tamori and uh Eric Dyer. Um, but I've gone for Dia um, because I think I think there's a bit of a, a bit of a stigma around Dia. Um, he, he kind of burst onto the scene when he first went to Spurs as a midfielder. Uh, was really highly rated. You know, we went into Euro 2016, and he was our first choice midfielder, really. And he scored that free kick against Russia um he was really highly rated there was teams after him and then he kind of had a couple of years where he was quite poor uh you know he, he went to the 2018 world cup scored that penalty against colombia but didn't really he didn't really play a minute apart from that um but i think he's had a really good season in back three and this is the thing with dyer and cody um is that you know even some of my fallback options i've kind of Looked into the fact that we might play a back a back three, and thought you know that the fact that they play in a back three regularly, and of course Dyer can Dyer can you know if God forbid Rice got injured, Dyer could step into holding midfield. He could play that position. Um, he's a little bit more experienced than tomorrow I agree on Samora. I think he's a really good player. I massively highly rate him, and I think within the next kind of five years, he'll step up and, and be that number one centre half for be one of the the main pairing uh, but I think at the moment he's a little bit too raw for a tournament and uh, I think Southgate obviously doesn't really rate him that highly to to play Italy at the San Siro where Tamori plays and he doesn't get him even in getting squad for that game I think that that's quite telling of where Southgate thinks he is in that peck and order so I think I think Dyer would go for me just because I think he's had a good season he's versatile and he's a little bit more more experienced, and I think he's another one that's quite good to have around the place. Not that Tamori might you know Tamori might not be. Tamori might, might just see it as a good chance of you know getting some experience. But um, but yeah, I think for those reasons, I'd I'd take Dyer. But I'm also not against Tamori. So that's kind of a discussion we've got to have on, on who we're going to take.
0: Yeah, my my argument for Tamori would be probably just the fact that if we come up against a side that is very physical um, and very quick I think that if you had a a back say free of Maguire stones and Cody or Maguire stones white even or Maguire stones and Eric Dyer I think it is going to be quite easy to run that in behind and you look at some of the teams we we could possibly face again I don't want to stereotype but well, we're guaranteed to face America and Wales, who obviously Wales with Kiefer Moore, that'll be more of a physical battle. But America don't really have that big man up front. They have Daryl D. K., but I don't know if he'll make the squad. They more have sort of inside forwards that are going to run in behind all day, like Pulisic and Rayner and players like that. And I think, say, for example, we play France. I'm not sure that um, Mbappe, pace-wise, would be able to be, you know dealt with with those center arts. and so that's why I just went for Tamori because I just think he's a little bit different he's physical he's really quick really strong um, but again I can see why you'd pick Eric Dier, Um, because I think to myself you're right I didn't really think about that Rice thing God forbid I hope he doesn't get injured but if he did then I think it could be certainly a good pick so honestly I'm torn at this is why you know we're not the England managers because I don't know. I mean, there's a few other names. Mark Gerr, he could maybe get in there, but I don't think he'll, he's experienced enough. Um Chris Smalling, I've seen a few people say yeah. him. He's had a decent season, but I don't think they, I don't think Southgate will throw someone into the England set because I was seriously considering two of Brighton centre halves, Duncan and Webster.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I no, think, yeah. I'd be a massive fan of Webster obviously i've watched him for for my club in the championship quite you know a few years ago now and he's gone from strength to strength um i'd be i'd be, if it, he would get in my squad if if we you know we're trying to do this kind of what we do but within reason and i think you are right that i even out of those two dunk would be more likely to get in than than webster so he'd be a bit of a wild card but he'd definitely be up there for me i think the my main kind of argument for Dyer would be the versatility because Realistically, like I've said about Cody, the, these are our fourth and fifth choice centre-halves. Um, even if there's an injury to Maguire, you'd probably expect White to be the one to step up. Um, and then even in playing in a back three, Shaw can play in a back three. Walker can play in a back three. James can play in a back three. Um, so the only three reason I'd look at Dyer is mostly because he can play in a back three, he can play in a back four, and he can play as a holding midfielder. And I think when you're looking at those those positions that you are quite heavily blessed in, um, as you go down that pecking order, I think you need to look more more at versatility, just in case the worst happens. And, and we're not massively blessed in with help holding midfielders, so that that would be my argument. But again, like I've said, I'd be happy with Tamori, so I'm going to leave it up to you. All
0: right, I'm I'm going to throw Tamori in just because I think to myself, I I just thought if you know, for example, if Calvin Phillips goes. Um, then we do have that added back up backup uh, at holding midfield, and again, say Rhys James, who is in our squad, he could also do that job and drop in. I know he's not a patch on Declan Rice, but you know, worst case scenario, I think we do have other players in the squad that could could play in that role. And I just think physically, it gives us another dimension at, at centre half. So um, I'm I'm going to stick to Morian, but I wouldn't be bothered about um, about. Uh, you know, die getting in there at all because he does give us a bit more versatility. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. our... Yeah, I think that's our defenders all done, so we'll move on to the midfield. All right, then, guys, so on to the midfielders. Um, we've just picked our defenders and not too much debate, so we're going to pick six midfielders now um, and then seven attackers to complete the 26-man squad. Again, we'll do the same as what we did with defenders, I think... There's obviously a few names that are obviously going to be in the squad, and probably the first name on the team sheet for Southgate. Um, he'll be in here. So for me, the the be, the definites that I don't think you can debate for me is Rice and Bellingham. Um, they'll definitely be in anyone's squad. Um, obviously bar a, an injury. Let's hope that none of them get injured before um the start of the season. The, well, the World Cup starting. And I think for me, they start for me. Yeah. Um, we've seen them play really well together. They're both young. They both play off each other. They both have something different. Um, and I just think they'll be the starting two in the midfield. Now, obviously, Phillips and Rice played together really well in, in the Euros. But even if Phillips is in the squad, um, which we'll find out if he's in our, is our, in my and your squad later, um, I don't think he'll start over Bellingham because I just think Bellingham's... You know he's gone this way since. Well, you won't be able to see it, but he's gone up since. And obviously Phillips, since moving to City, he's just been injured. So um, for me, it's a million percent Rice and Bellingham.
1: Yeah, they're both in mind. Um, I think I'd actually go as far as to say Rice is our most important player. I think. Um, I think he's vital. I think that would massively. If if there was an injury to him, I think that would massively hamper our chances. I think even I'd go as far as to say even more than you kind know, of Kane being injured. I think. I think it'd be more detrimental to us if Rice got injured than, than than anyone else, because we don't have anyone that can do what he does. He's the Eastern midfielder we've been crying out for for years. Even looking back to kind of the teams with Gerard Lampard, teams like that. If you could have played a midfield three of Gerard and Lampard, or Gerard and Scholes or Lampard or Scholes, whatever way you want to look at it, if you could have played two of them and of Rice, I think that probably sorts our problems out in that era. I'd, I'd say that he's he's that good. Um, I'd also agree with Bellingham as well. I think um, even in the Euros last year, he was unlucky to not get more game time. Um, obviously, the former Phillips was fantastic in the Euros. I think he was our best player, um, so that was probably the reason that Bellingham didn't get as many minutes as he. Uh, he but even then, you know, he came on against uh, I think it was Germany, I want to say, which would have been on his 18th birthday, um, and you know, to be brought on in a, in a Euros quarter final on your 18th birthday, I think that shows faith that Southgate had in them even then. And I think actually Southgate's handled that situation quite well. But I do think over the last year he's he's kind of um, cemented himself in that midfield too, if you like. Um so yeah I'd agree with um I'd agree with those two yeah.
0: Yeah again I think Bellingham and Rice are two of the best midfielders in the world in their position. Um, yeah. I honestly do believe that and I think they've they've obviously got to be in the squad and got to play. Um, so yeah, moving on now, there's obviously four more midfielders. I'm gonna go with one that um we have mentioned, and he's in my squad, and it is calvin phillips. we've we spoke about Phillips there. um again, I think Pep Guardiola said he does look like he's going to be fit. now it is a gamble because Phillips is such an engine and he's a player that's so physically sort of demands so much physically from himself because he's just non-stop running that you know if he's not one hundred percent fit, you do lose probably his main attribute, which is his his physical his physicality. But if he is 100% fit, which we're assuming he is, then I think he's got to go because, again, he offers something different to what um, Rice and, and Bellingham did. You know, he breaks up the play, does a lot of the ugly stuff, which Rice does a lot of ugly stuff as well. But I think Phillips just runs about a little bit more. He's a little bit more a headless Chicken and that can really upset midfields. We saw against Germany, for example, in, in the Euros, probably our best performance under Southgate, I reckon, uh, in a big game anyway. You know, where they had their midfield of Kruis and Kimmich, and both very technically gifted players. But because um, sort of Phillips was just running into them basically and just running at them all the time, um, they they were really unsettled and we won the midfield battle. So for me, Phillips has got to go in. I don't know what you think.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't think there's actually going to be much debate in this midfield. I think I think we're probably going to have the same, if not similar midfields. I think um, even, you know, you said 100% fit. I think even if he's 78% fit, I'm taking him because I think he, he's been that good for England. You know, he's been unlucky at Man City, really, um, with injuries. Uh, but again, I've said said already, we're not blessed with holding midfielders, if, if that's what you call him, but he can, he can play as a holding midfielder. Even in the Euros, he played really as more of an eight. Um, I remember watching him for against uh, Croatia in the first game. And, you know, everyone was quite shocked that he was starting, but he was brilliant. And he played that little bit more advanced. And he's a bit more of a hustler, you've, as you've said. He kind of, what he did well in that game was was closing the likes of Modric. That Modric, you know, I really got, hardly got a kick that game. Um, I think he's really good at that. And I think even, he, again, I think the group stage, we could probably get away with not using him. Would would be a benefit for us and a benefit for him in, in terms of fitness. And then once you get towards those harder games, I think as well, as much as I rate Bellingham and, you know, he's played champ, Bellingham played champions league semifinals. So I'm not saying he can't play in big games, but we know Southgate likes to be a little bit more compact against the bigger teams. Um, so even if we can give him kind of three games in the group stage, where, you know, hopefully we're kind of disregarding the group stage, you know, we, we all think we should be winning that group really. Um, so if we can give him a little bit of a rest in the group stage and then it gets to the latter the latter stages and, and then maybe he can come in and, and play quite a big part, I think. Um, but, yeah, he goes for me, Phillips, as well. Um, I think he he's, he's a pretty, pretty stonewaller if he's fit. And, you know, at the end of the day, Pep's got no reason to say that he's fit if he's not. If anything, Pep, if he wasn't fit, Pep would be saying, you know, I don't want him to go because it's a massive risk, uh, especially given that this is mid-season. Um so if Pep's saying that he thinks he'll be a fit, I, I think I think he'll go. And um, and I think rightly so as well. Um I've got kind of one more um one more holder or one more number eight and then two two kind of number tens left. So my other yeah, I, my, are, yeah. my other number eight would be uh, Jordan Henderson. Um he's been mentioned already. I'm not the I'm not a massive Henderson fan. Um I've never rated him as highly as as some have. I think he, you know, he does the sim. He does the simple stuff, do you know. Do you know what I mean. But he's not an exciting footballer. Um, he doesn't. He's not really a rice. He's not really a Bellingham. He's not really a six. He's not really an eight. Um, I don't want to slate him too much because the end of day I'm taking him. But what I'm saying is, I think he's good to have around. Uh, he's, you know, he's won big trophies as a captain, so he's obviously a good player. Um, but he wouldn't get in my starting eleven. But again, uh, similar to Connor Cody, he's good to have around the place. He's another another leader. He's one of those people that you know. Even if he's not playing, he'll be buzzing, um, you know, uh, with wins and stuff like that. Um, so I think it's just another. He'd be just another another body to to have that'd be good to have around. And obviously, at the end of the day, whether I rate him highly or not, he's an option um, in in some games if we want to see games out and stuff, and we you know want to bit go a bit more compact and go to a midfield three. Then you know he can step in, then um, so yeah, I think Henderson would be good, good experience to have in the squad, whether whether he, he plays minutes, uh, minutes or not.
0: Yeah, I think for me, I mean, I really did rate Henderson, especially say Henderson in the year Liverpool won the league, I thought he was integral, um, but. This season and, and towards the back end of last season, he sort of became more of a squad player for Liverpool. Would still play, but I wouldn't say he was in Liverpool's best midfield three. Um, and I, I would say that now, you know, for England, he he wouldn't start for me again. But I think he's, he's definitely in there over someone like James Ward-Prowse, who although I really do rate, I think he's a good player, very good player for Southampton. Obviously, his set pieces are excellent. I think Henderson's experience because again we've got to think once we're, when we're picking players like this we're not picking players that are going to start every week and I think oh, exactly. he's been there he's done it he's won Champions Leagues he's won Premier Leagues you know he's played for England in big games and for me anyway I'd feel a lot more comfortable seeing Jordan Henderson come on with 25 minutes ago than I would a James Ward Prowse yeah or
1: yeah I agree Gallagher kind of on onward Price quick before we kind of move on I think. um probably the the justification for taking Ward-Price. Like you said, I think Ward-Price is a decent player. I don't think he, he's the he, he doesn't set the world a you know what I mean? But he's obviously a captain at Southampton, so another one that's a yeah, good leader, good to have right in the place. But really the major the major kind of the point of why someone would take Ward-Price would be set pieces. And I just think as good as he is at set pieces, and you know, there's not many better than him, and in the world, really, at, at free kicks especially. Um, but I do look uh, the likes of Trippier, the likes of Trent. Um, even Shaw's got a good delivery from a corner. Uh, James, I think we've got enough set-piece-wise to, to not not have to take more price as that option. Because like you said, I'd be much more comfortable with Henderson coming on the more price purely on football if you take those set-pieces out of it. I think if you take set-pieces out of it, being quite glum, I don't think Ward Price gets anywhere near the England squad because I just don't think he's that good uh, t- to get into the England squad without without the set pieces. But that's just my point of view. A lot of people rate him, and some people don't. But um, I think we're both agreed on Henderson anyway. Um, So I think we've got two more um, midfielders, uh, two number 10s. Um, I'll start off with um Mason Mount, who I think will 100% be in the squad. Southgate obviously likes him. Uh, Again, I'm not a massive Mason Mount fan. I don't think he's, um, especially for England, I don't think he's effective enough. He's kind of anonymous. I thought he was poor in the Euros, really, didn't really offer us a lot. I think he was a bit bit of a passenger at times. And I just look at the likes of, you know, uh, Grealish, Foden and and other names um, and just think that they've got a little bit more about him in terms of starting role. But at the end of the day, one thing you can't argue with, that he's had, what now? He's had, you know, Lampard, Lampard, two cool uh Potter and southgate There's four managers that all play him and they're all professional managers he's, he's a professional player he's playing for England he's playing for Chelsea he's won the Champions league so you, you don't get picked regularly in starting elevens if, if you're not a good player and he's obviously kind of a manager's dream he like he, he runs about and he puts himself about a bit so um so yeah i can see why managers like him i just don't think for me is his output is enough for, for a starting role but i but i take him because i think he's another good He's another good personality to have around. Um, and I think he will probably play quite a lot of minutes because obviously Southgate quite fancies him. So um, I don't know if you've... I'm, I'm assuming you've got Mank in, in there as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, being, back, being a QPR fan, not a fan of Chelsea, but I was very tempted to put Ebreu Eze in there. Um, if it was me selecting the squad, I would have had Eze in the England squads probably a few months ago, just because I think he is such a talented player. Um, and I think there is more talented players out there from England definitely in the position than Mount but to not pick Mount and to pick someone like an Eze or someone else in just before a major tournament a World Cup I think would be probably a bit too much too fast yeah Um, so I've gone Mount just because he's safe we know that he's going to be there Um, again this is our own squads but I think that it would upset the other players as well a lot. Obviously, he gets on a lot with Declan Rice, and I'm not just picking him because he's Rice's good mate, but, um, you know, he, he does sort of have a few good moments for England. As you said, he, he he's good in the press. He's good out of possession, and he has got that quality in him. We've seen it for Chelsea, but we just have not seen it in an England shirt yet, so... Let's hope that you know, I guess in the last game against Germany, what he was yeah. good scored a good goal, made an impact, so hopefully he will he will do that, and I think for me, he doesn't start i think he's he's an impact player that comes on and maybe bursts a bit of energy off the bench, but um whether he whether Southgate does that, I think he probably starts him, but he's definitely on the plane for me,
1: yeah, agreed, um and then I think kind of the last midfield position, I think the man everyone's been talking about, and I think the man everyone in England would take. Um, and, you know, whether Southgate does or not, I'd be shocked if he doesn't, really. But um, I think James Madison, for me, is a stonewaller. I think you can look past his goals uh, goals and assists contributions over the past year. He's got more contributions to goals than any other midfielder. I think King's is the only one that's got more in the England team, or not even in England, England team, that's English players. Um, I just don't think you can look past him. And the fact is Leicester are a struggling team as well. He's not doing this in a Man City team like Foden and Grealish. Um, he's not doing it in a Chelsea team like Mount. Um, he's doing it in a Leicester team that have been struggling. And I think this year especially, he's, he's been really, really good. And one thing I do think as well that he's improved on is his off-the-ball um, stuff. I think, I think in a press, he's quite good. Um, I think his work rate's improved massively. I think his attitude's improved massively and that he comes across really well in interviews and stuff like that. I think he comes across a really nice lad and, and someone that would would be good to have around. Um, but most importantly, I think his performances make him pretty hard not to take. Um, and in fact, I think for me, he'd, he'd probably get into my start on 11 um, at the moment. So I don't know about you.
0: Yeah, he's a player that, I'll be totally honest, before this season I wouldn't have had him in. Um, you know, there's players like that might be missing out, like Sancho, Rashford, players like that, that I would have probably had over him before this season. But he's made it impossible to not pick him. There's no way he can't go off the form he showed. You know, he's he's shown that he can grab a game by the scruff of the neck, which is something that I think he hasn't hadn't had in the past. I think a lot of the time he was one of those players that if Leicester were one or two nil up, comfortable cruising, he'd look a world beater. But when they weren't and they were in the shit a little bit, you know, he wouldn't play so well. Um, and I think this year he's he's carried Leicester, really. They've turned their form around a lot. And I think that's mainly down to Madison. And he's got to go for me. Now, whether he starts, I don't know, because, yeah. again, I'm not sure when the last time he played for England. If he's ever played, he probably has. But, um, you know... He has had one senior appearance actually but whether that ruffles feathers in going in and starting but he's got to go, he's a very good set piece taker, you know he progresses the ball really well I think he doesn't run with the ball as much as someone like a Foden or a Grealish but I think that's good because he's a very good passer and we need that in our midfield because occasionally with England, you know, even with Bellingham I really like, he's not the type of player, Bellingham, to play a 25 yard pass like a David Silva. And I think you know someone like Madison is probably the closest thing England have to a De Bruyne where he can just sort of yeah. take the ball and put it on a put it on a spot for someone like Kane. Um and I think he's got to go. He has to be on the plane for me. And I, he's the first player, probably well, obviously out of the shoe-ins, but out of the ones that are slightly up for debate that I can sort of see Southgate not taking. If Madison didn't go, I'd be very, very annoyed. I'd be fuming.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think we're we're and I think you know the majority of the country would would agree with that as well. Um, so I think I think I think he will go. I think Safe Gate's kind of you know, had his hand forced, and I just think the likes of Sancho being out of form um, has probably pushed him up the peck and order a little bit, and and even the likes of Grealish and stuff. Um, not being in the greatest form has probably pushed him up the pecking order in terms of starting, um, rather than just being in the squad. But that's our midfielders, so that we've got our six midfielders, which you know we were agreed on pre-agreed, so not a lot of argument there. But we've mentioned a couple of other names that that maybe you know we look at the likes of Conor Gallagher. Uh, I've even seen Ruben Loftus Cheek mentioned. You've mentioned Eze. Um, you know, players. Like, Elliot. I, I, Elliot. I, I, mean, I was I, Elliot was one that I thought about. Um, but I just think Qatar is a long way to go as well for a young lad. Is it? Is it a little bit too soon for him? But, you know, I think we'll see. But uh, I, w- I surely won't be against Elliot being in the, in the squad. But let's move on to our strikers anyway. So we've got seven strikers. So I think probably the best way to start would be with the centre forwards, the out-and-out strikers. I don't know how many you've got. I've only got two that I'd consider out-and-out strikers, um, possibly three. So, I've gone with obviously you know Kane. Uh, everyone's going to take probably first name on the team sheet, um, uh, and then uh, I I don't know how many have you got.
0: Out and out nines. I've gone for three strikers, so number nines, and then the rest are like as I say, wingers or inside forwards. I've, I've gone for is it will it be four? One our team was classed as a midfielder, but he's he's in both of our teams, I would say. Um, but he's obviously a forward the way he plays.
1: Yeah. Um, so I've got I've got Kane. Do you want to? You, I'm assuming you've got Kane in.
0: million percent, Obviously, Kane, captain. You know, he's he's hanging our hat on him, aren't we?
1: Yeah. Um, so I, I'll I'll go ahead and, and go with my. So I'm going to name two more. Um, I know for a fact one of them you haven't got. I don't know if you've not got both of them. I feel like now you've said you've got three nines. I feel like you will have them. But I've got I've gone to Callum Wilson. Um and I've gone for Rashford, who you could look at as an inside forward, maybe a winger, uh, but can also as obviously also played a lot of his minutes centrally for United this year. Um, so I think uh, I'll start with Wilson. Um I think he's been unlucky not to get in the last couple of squads. He obviously been in a couple of squads whilst he was at Bournemouth. Uh he struggled quite a bit of injury at. At Newcastle, um, but I think this season he's looked, looked brilliant. I think he offers us a little bit different, something a little bit different to Kane. Um, he's not the most physical, but he, he puts himself about but he's quick. Uh, he's nippy. He's a brilliant finisher. Uh, good penalty taker. Uh, if you gave him a chance, you'd expect him to, to score it. Um, so I think really you can't ask for much more out of number nine than, than that. Um, and then in terms of Rashford, I think it's up, I'm more up for the debate than I thought it would be, and I know for a fact you've not got him in. But
0: no, I haven't. No,
1: um, I think. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I don't think he's back to the form he was. You know, three, four years ago when he was, you know, really good. I thought 2018 World Cup. I thought he was unlucky not to get more minutes over Sterling, for example, in that team, because I thought the season before that under Mourinho at United, I think, I think he had a really good season. Um, last year he really struggled massively struggled at United looked like a different player I think that missing that penalty at the Euros killed him um, his confidence was shot he didn't look happy didn't look happy playing for you know I was worried like genuinely worried about you look at him and think he he looks depressed it's like, like even on the pitch looks like not himself looks a shell of himself uh, but this year I think like I've said I don't think he's back I wouldn't say he's back to his best but He's, he's making more runs, he's getting on the ball more, he's trying to beat men more. I, mean, I think one thing he's massively improved on, I know you you saw the goal against West Ham the other week, I think his heading, he's hugely improved on that. Um, so he goes for me, um, whether he plays wide, whether he plays um, more centrally, depending on if we play a two or a three, um that's kind of up for debate. But for me, um really I think he's a stone waller to go. I'm quite surprised that not more people would take him because I think he offers just offers us a little bit different and um he makes some good runs in behind and he's a really good finisher as well. And he's you know, I missed it. I know he missed a penalty last year, but he's a good penalty taker as well. He doesn't miss many penalties. So that's my front, my my kind of three number nines, if you like, if you can't get Rashford in that. Yeah,
0: I've gone Callum Wilson as, as well. Um yeah. I think he's got to go for me because, I mean, let's just say this. If, if Newcastle weren't Newcastle and he was there starting number nine, goals, scoring goals for a team third in the Premier League, he would a million percent be going to the Euros. Yeah. And he'd, be, he'd probably be shouts to start. Obviously, if we play one up front, he won't start over Kane. But I think for me, you know, he does offer something different. You're right. And he's a great finisher. Um and, yeah, you pretty much covered everything. He definitely goes for me. Now, the person that I'm going to debate with Rashford, because I think he's the most like for like similar sort of player, is Ivan Tony, who I've picked. Now, being, again, QPR fan, don't like him. I think he's an arrogant bloke, to be honest with you. But, you know, he's a world, not world class, but I think he's a top class striker. And, again, is something totally different to what we've got. I think he's an arrogant, his arrogance on the pitch is, is to the fact that, you know, people can say, listen, Tony, he's not played for England. He's not had a cat. Why would you take him over someone like Rashford, who's played like 40 games? But he's the type of player that his first touch ever as an England player could be in a World Cup final penalty shootout and he, you'd probably back him to walk up to the ball and smash it in, in you know. He's that type of player where I think he's not going to look at, defenders and think, oh, this is Tiago Silva or oh, bloody hell, it's Rafa Varane or whoever and go, oh, I'll be scared by this. I think he'll just play with freedom. And I think sometimes you need those players that don't have that baggage because let's be honest, Rashford's a good player, but he's a massive confidence player. Yeah. And the last time he played for England of note, especially in a tournament, was missing a penalty that cost us the, the Euros. So he's the type of player that would Rashford play at his best, at his full confident best, I don't think so. Whereas I think someone like Tony, someone fresh, you know, with fresh ideas that hasn't got any baggage, would come into a game. And, and let's be honest, he's not going to start, but he's the type of player where, you know, we had it with Calvert-Lewin a few years ago, where when he was red up, we'd throw him on and the dynamic of the game had totally changed. And I think he's someone where if, if Kane's not working, um, you know, you can throw Tony on, and he'd just he'd do something, he'd make an impact, whether it's positive or negative. Whereas I think with someone like Rashford, you know, he's a player that could easily just hide in a game. And I don't think if you're going to win the major tournaments, you need players that are just going to do something, whether it's bad or good. You know, you've got to go for it, um, and that's why I've gone for Tony.
1: Yeah, my kind of only argument against tony there's obviously a lot of stuff going around in the media at the moment um regarding the the kind of betting situation which i think has come at a horrendous time for him um i think a week ago he'd be probably a stonewaller to get in that squad now with an investigation going on you know he denies it fair enough but the the fact of the matter is he's still going to an investigation so i think that does count against him um unfortunately for his case but uh my kind of, you know, you've said about his arrogance and stuff like that. I do, I don't think he comes across as much of a team player. Um, and I think going to the World Cup at the moment for England as a number nine when your name's not Harry Kane is incredibly difficult because you're being picked knowing you're not going to play. So I just think you need people. I mean, the way I looked at it was. I took Wilson um, as my second number nine um, because I think he's ahead of Tony anyway. And I think you'd probably agree. I'd probably take, if you were given one of the two, I think you'd take Wilson. Um, and then I looked at Rashford and just thought, King's not very injury prone, especially not for England, doesn't miss many games. Um, so realistically, what are the chances of Tony getting good minutes or a third number nine getting two minute, uh, many minutes, whereas Rashford can play wide. And just offers us that a little bit more versatility. And I just don't know if Tony would be as good to have around the place if he's not. You know, it might be hard. I do not know I don't know the bloke. I can only give my opinion. Um, but I just don't know if he'd be as good to have around the place if he's not playing. Um, so that would be my only argument. But I'm, you know, I'd be happy if if Tony goes, you know, he's brilliant, got a brilliant penalty taker, probably the best penalty taker I've seen in the Prem, especially. Um and you are right, I think you'd back you put your eyes on him to score a pen. Uh, but that, that was just my justification. If it's essentially Rashford against Tony, I just think in terms of personality, uh, experience as well of World Cups and that versatility, that, that would be the reason I'd take Rashford. But um, I'm happy either way, really, between the two of them.
0: Yeah. As I say, you're probably right on Tony character-wise. You know, we've used that for the selection of Connor Cody and stuff like that so if you're going to be consistent throughout you, you are probably correct I just think with Tony again he's like Darwin Nunes to me you know I think Nunes is a good player very good but he's someone that's going to make an impact on the game um, but again I, I wouldn't be overly fussed I mean I'm happy to throw Rashford in there because it is another option isn't it he could play wide so so I'm I'm happy to go with Rashford in there to be fair
1: Let's go a lot. Um, so now what's left now? Four wingers. I think we probably are gonna be, we're probably gonna have the same players, yeah. Um, so I think I think uh, I think Sterling will go um because of his experience, um, whether he'll play as much, maybe not. He's struggling for Chelsea recently. Uh, I think it depends uh what Southgate goes for. Does he go for pure pace? down the wings or does he go for more intricate players like Grealish who I've also got on my squad or Foden who also goes in um, uh, those two uh, Foden's had a brilliant start to the season I think he gets in um, I think he was brilliant in the Euros especially in the first couple of games the Croatia game especially I thought he was fantastic that game uh, and you know nearly scored um, I think he he was he was really good and I think we actually missed it am I right I'm sure we missed a couple of games and then he threw injury Holden, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And I think I remember that we missed him quite a lot. Mm. Um, he's a good personality. He's he's one of those players you never know what he's going to get, but when when he's on his on his day, there's not many better. Um, so I think he goes. Uh, Grealish goes because of his unpredictability. Uh, he's been quite poor for Man City in terms of goals and assists. I think it's easy to look at goals and assists as everything in football, and it's not. Um, I still think he's got that something. He's got the personality. He's got the confidence in himself, especially for England. I think maybe getting him away from Man City for a month might just get him back to that that kind of that player that in the Euros everyone wanted to play. Everyone wanted him in the team. Everyone wanted him to get more minutes. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm hoping that's what that's what happened with him. And then my other one would be uh, Saka, who again kind of burst onto the scene in the Euros. Um, ended up being quite an influential figure in the Euros for us and I think he, he kind of definitely goes and probably starts given it the start of the season um, that he's had so um, so yeah that's my kind of four and I'm assuming that you're going to have a similar if not, if not the same four
0: I have got the same four um, you've pretty much justified them all I think for me with Grealish he, he is a player that you've just got to watch him and realise he makes a massive impact yeah um, you know, whenever he's on the pitch for for England, so he, he's one of them players, he gets the ball, you stand up, you're on the edge of your seat. Yeah, exactly. Um, and again, Foden, in my opinion, is one of the best players in the world on his day. He yeah. just isn't. He needs to find that consistency. The only one I was considering was Sterling because he's been so poor for Chelsea. But I just think he will go because he has that experience. And I... I do feel for a player like Jared Bowen, who I think if this tournament was in the summer, would definitely have gone. 100%. Because the way he ended last season was excellent. And he is a very, very good player. And I think he's unlucky to miss out. I think Sterling's another
1: one. i think sorry to cut you off. I think Sterling's oh yeah. another one who's who's kind of gets in more off of performances for England than than recent performances. Because even going into the Euros, he wasn't in the best of form then. And I think if if, if most of us, you know punters if you like would have picked their team before the euros i don't think he would have been in a lot of people starting 11s then and you know you know what happened to the euros he he was brilliant again um so i think that experience gets him in the squad um probably don't get him to start i don't think he gets in my team i take saka over him um uh for me um but i think he goes just purely because of that um purely because of his experience and you know, he's, he's a good lad. He's good personality to have around the place. Everyone likes him. Everyone knows him now. Um it's, a, it's quite a tight knit group. And I think keeping the core of that together is, is actually quite important. So I think that kind of, that kind of concludes the R26 man squad. There's not been many uh debates between the two of us, but I think there's a lot of debate that we've had in terms of um injuries and and some players who haven't got in the squad for us, but uh I, think, I actually think that 26 man, it will be quite close to, to the one that um, South, Southgate picks on, on Thursday. So I don't know if you want to run through it quickly before, uh, before we we'll Yeah, be yeah, close. of course.
0: Yeah. So our combined squad is Pickford, Pope, Ramsdale. I think their million percent will be going. Yeah. Then we've got Ben White, Harry Maguire, John Stones, Carl Walker, Connor Cody, Fikayo Tamori, Kieran Trippier, Luke Shaw, and Trent Alexander Arnold, and Reese James, the defenders. Um, Rice, Bellingham, Phillips, Henderson, Mount, Madison as our six midfielders. And then attacking-wise, we've got Kane, Wilson, Rashford as our strikers slash Rashford can play wide. And then we've got Sterling, Grealish, Foden, Saka. Um, out of any of them, Corey, I just want to say if you could pick one that you think is 50-50 as regards to so you can see Southgate not picking and you'd be the most disappointed if he didn't go, who would you
1: say? Well, I think it'd be, I think the one that everyone's thinking is Madison. And that's only because, as you've said, he's only got one senior cap. He's not been in any of the squads in the last kind of year or two years. Um, So I think he's the one really that people are still 50-50 on. I do think he'll go. And I think probably the only other one would be Wilson, really, because I I do think that, I think Rashford will go. So I think it's between Wilson and Tony. Um, But I do think the the kind of bet and saga that's come out is only going to kind of go against Tony and that in that regard. But, but yeah, those are probably the two that I could see possibly not going. But apart from that, I think, I think the rest of them pray Stonewalls, Stone wallers really, if they, if fit, you know, James Walker, Phillips, if they're fit, I think all go.
0: Yeah. And no, I agree. I think for me, I'd be really disappointed if if Madison and Wilson, especially, because I think Wilson would be a classic case of, you know, big club, Bias, obviously, with Newcastle not being one of the big six. If he was at any other club, he'd be definitely in there. Just to close, I think you know what would your closing thoughts be? What are your thoughts? Do you think we could go far in the tournament?
1: Um, I've said it all along. Um, I do think. I think a South American team will win it purely because of the conditions in terms of weather. I think we're not. We're probably not built for this kind of weather, uh, even in the winter. Um, but we've got a fit squad. Um, We've got a tight-knit squad now. Uh, we've got quite a consistent squad. Um, we've got good players all over the pitch. Uh, I think our midfield and attack rivals any any other around the world. Um, so I think we should. I think if, uh, put it this way, I think if it was being played in Europe, I'd give us a massive, massive chance. But the fact that it's being played in such heat does go against us. Um, But I also think the other thing that could help us is the fact that obviously Gareth Southgate's obviously really liked by those players and it does look like it's going to be his last tournament, um, whatever happens. So I think maybe if we, maybe if he can play on that, like a last hurrah, you know, take me out on a high kind of thing, I think that could help us. Um, and I'd love to see us do well if it is going to be his last tournament, because I think he gets a lot of unjust sticks. Don't get me wrong. He makes some poor decisions. He could be a little bit more kind of gun ho at times and a little bit more attacking, but he's done a brilliant job, and I think people forget where we were before he we took over. So I think he deserves a lot of credit, and and I hope we do well. Um, a, a lot of the, a lot of it, because I hope we do well for for him, really.
0: Yeah, no, I think some of the people have been criticising Southgate. It's a joke. I think he's limited tactically. That's a fact. We should have won that Euros final, but at the end of the day, you know, we go again. I think this could be. You know, we've gone semi-final, final. Can the next step, you know, logically, it'd be to win it? We've kept pretty much the same squad together. I think it's it's probably the last chance for the likes of Kane. Um, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be fully finished by the next Euros or World Cup, but there is a few players like Sterling, Kane, Maguire, you could argue, even people like Stones, that you'd think maybe in three, two, especially four years' time might not be in the squad. But I think... We have got a good looking squad, and, and I'm confident because I think to myself, yes, the conditions. But if you look, I think there's a lot to be said about teams like Brazil and Argentina. But let's be honest, they play the majority of their games against piss poor sides. Like, yes, I know England do in qualifiers, but I think a lot of the time, a lot of their sort of country is full of players that just turn up and expect to win. And I just think when it gets put on them, I'm not sure they have a lot of character, especially defensively. You look at Argentina, you know, Otamendi, Romero, or or um, Martinez. I'm not sure about those. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, I think we've got as good a chance as we've ever had in a World Cup.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Well, listen, we'll, f- then we'll kind of wrap it up now. I think we'll, we'll obviously, we're going to find out what the England squad is on Thursday. Um, And, you know, despite all the controversy surrounding it, I think we will be looking forward to the World Cup if we're looking at it from, you know, purely a football point of view. Um, There's obviously a lot of ethical issues and and stuff, but I think, you know, all we can do really is kind of try and enjoy the football. And and hopefully once it gets started, we will enjoy it. and, um, And hopefully we go far.
0: Yeah, let's hope so. But thanks a lot for listening, guys. bit longer than the first one. This probably longer than our normal ones. But we are really trying to get it consistent. We'll cover a lot of the World Cup games, a lot of the England games, talk about the World Cup. So, yeah, feel free to keep listening and hopefully share it to people um, because it is going to be coming consistently. But thanks a lot if you've listened, guys. Cheers.
1: Cheers.